But hey, church, we're going to get down to it. We are in week two of Summer Vibes. And if you weren't here last week, Pastor Josh kicked us off amazing in the book of Philippians. Um, and today we're going to unpack the rest of chapter one, uh, verses 20 to 26. But before we read the passage, I want to start off by um, elaborating on ways to study the Bible. And this is important it's because every Sunday, right, as a speaker, we can give you guys fish or we can also teach you how to fish at the same time, too. So my heart is today you guys will learn how to read the Word of God for yourself and how to study it. So there's four ways to study Scripture. The first way is called expository study. Expository study. And this is simply studying the Scripture and the spirit of what does the Bible say about this. Right? Expository is what does the Bible say about this? So if you joined us a couple weeks ago, we had Q&A Sunday, and Pastor Josh and Pastor Kyer, our lead pastors, uh, they did a session of what does the Bible say about it. The second way to study the Bible is called a topical study. Topical study. And a topical study is the study of a particular subject within Scripture. All right? And then the third way is called a theme study. What is the overarching idea or the overarching value of the passages? And then lastly, we have character study. And character study is a combination of studying the attitudes and behaviors of certain individuals, good or bad. And uh, throughout our message today, we're going to bounce around from all four of those components. But we're going to start first on character study. And I just want to highlight the, the power of just studying the attitudes and behaviors of people. Put it to you this way, right? So if we were to take Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and we took away all their money, these guys are billionaires, right? Would you say there's a high percentage of them getting it back or not? Getting it back, right? Why? It's because they carry a certain mindset. Right? And that's the treasure of Scripture, is we have so many uh, different faith-filled men and women that are able to give us examples. And as we open up our Scripture today, uh, the subtitle for it is going to be Paul's Life for Christ. Right? And Paul even said it himself. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So um, I want to set us up in this way because this is going to be powerful before we read our passage. So let's break that down a little bit, right? So what is me? Me is an individual. All right. And as an individual, we are made up of three components within us, okay? So the first part is we have a mind, okay? So our mind is our thoughts, the thoughts that we have. And also within us, beyond a mind, we also have a will, okay? Every individual has a will. And what that means is we all have desires within us. All right? And then the last component of an individual, what makes up who we are, God has given us emotions. Okay? And emotions is how we feel. 
And this is going to be important later as we're going to unpack that a little bit. But it's important to set this up in this way as we study scripture. You want to examine not just to read the Bible, uh, but to actually go through and put down different categories of each one that sticks out. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 to 26. You guys ready? All right. Paul's life for Christ. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. Paul's saying, I'm fully confident if I continue this journey for Jesus, I'm never going to be ashamed. I'm fully going to have confidence on it. He says, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, everybody say to me. me. Right? In other words, he's saying, in my opinion, in my thoughts, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. That's his thoughts. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. So if you remember last week, our pastor shared the context was Paul's in prison and he's awaiting to go to Caesar to appeal his case. And he's got every opportunity to tap out, right? He's done the 20 churches in 20 years. He's done his missionary work. And yet we still find him battling through emotions of being conflicted. Okay, so that's the emotion that we picked up. Anybody been conflicted here before, been torn between two things? I didn't share this with the 9 o'clock, but I want to share it with you guys. Um, The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 that get understanding and develop good judgment. Okay, so the question now becomes, well, how do I develop good judgment? Well, the Bible is filled with so many different individuals that were faced between different uh, had choices between different scenarios, and you want to lean into how they came up to that decision, right? So you see Paul here, he chose the harder route. He chose the route that allowed him to press in even the further, specifically for a certain matter, which we'll get into here. Let's continue on. Verse 25, knowing this, I am convinced that I will, everybody say will, will. right? That's, there's the desires to remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Right? So now we're going to shift here. So there was his will in verse 25, right? His will was to remain alive so that he can be a blessing, so that he can help people grow within their faith. So that is his will, and that's going to set up our theme for today. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Paul was committed to Christ, which led him to be committed to people. Paul committed his life to Christ, which led him to be committed to people. I'm actually going to write that down. So Paul Okay. Because he was committed to Christ, it led him to love and reach people. I also didn't share this with the 9 a.m., but scholars believe that Paul actually traveled over 10,000 miles on foot 
to spread the good news. To give you some context, that's walking from New York City to LA back and forth twice. All right, talk about commitment, right? And even now, he's like, I can even press in a little bit further to it. And um, one has to ask themselves, well, why? Why, Paul, would you go so far in length to reach people? And uh, the best way that I can unpack it and describe it for you is because he had a genuine love for God. And think about that. When you do love somebody, you know, if you guys are married or if you have kids in the room, when you love somebody, you value what they value, right? So right now, for example, in this season, Chrissy and I, I don't know if you guys have newborns, but they're up every two hours, they're screaming, uh, sleep deprivation, and you're in the flesh all the time. So one of the things that Chrissy and I are, are doing right now to keep us sane and happy towards one another is we actually came up with a list and we asked each other like, hey, what is most important to you in this season? What do you value the most? And I believe it should be the, the same with our relationship with the Lord. Right? And simply put, God is passionate about people. Online family, God is passionate about people. I'll prove it to you. Famous verse, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, people, he gave his one and only son so that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And once again, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says that, for this is good and pleases God our Savior, for he wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Right? He wants everyone to be saved. But here, herein lies the tension, though. Have you guys been there before where you, you've given your life to Jesus and everything is so awesome and you just can't wait to post about it, tell your friends, tell your family, and you're coming to church and you're just on fire for the Lord and reaching people. But then what happens? Over time, this boldness and this zeal kind of dwindles a little bit, right? So the litmus test that I use for myself is I ask myself, even here on a Sunday when I come, I'm like, am I excited to come to church to see people or am I just going through the motions? Right? And even if I go to the grocery store or going out to eat or at the doctor's office, is there something within me that yearns to showcase the glory of God to other people? And uh, I was sharing with the 9 a.m. earlier today, too, like, as I was preparing for this message, God's still working with me in this area of reaching for people. I was actually at the gym, and I had this uh, individual tap me on the shoulder. You know, it was one of those gym bros. He's like, he's like, hey, man, how, how many sets you got left? And uh, for me, that, the monkey side of myself, the territory, I'm like, this is my bench. You ain't coming, coming on over here, right? And then in that moment, God was like, hey, aren't you preparing a message about reaching people? And I'm like, instantly, like, smile, be nice. Uh, but... How many of you guys agree? We're all a work in progress, right? Yes. Amen. But church, I believe that, yeah, we can celebrate that. I'm a work in progress, under construction. Uh, 270, under construction for too long. They had that pothole there for the weeks there. But um, I believe oftentimes why our faith becomes lackluster is because we're so focused on ourself, right? When we are always about me, 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 it doesn't give space for God to really grow within our faith. But I got a secret I want to share with you guys. Okay. Right? I want, I'm going I'm to whisper this because this is a, this is a secret. Okay? Just, just so you guys, hopefully online family can hear me. The antidote for a lackluster faith is having a heart for people. The antidote for a lackluster faith is having a heart for people. And we can see that Paul... This was his will and his desires, right? And if we can continue to line ourselves up in this way, 
God is going to move so powerfully in our faith. And so now we're going to transition into um, our topical study of today, right? What is the topic? Right? We're going to be talking about how to reach people with the good news. How to reach people with the good news. Omar, you're excited, man. Let's go. Um, and a couple of disclaimers here before we actually get into the message, right? So the first one, we are all responsible for this responsibility. We are all responsible for this responsibility. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So what does that mean? That means at a certain point within our faith walk, right, we should be yearning for people. We should be fishing for people. And so if you're like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm not growing anywhere in my faith. Well, when was the last time you had the intentions of shining the light no matter where you're at? Okay, second disclaimer. This is not a works-based message. Not a works-based message. What does that mean? That means if you don't do this, that means God doesn't love you, right? It's all about faith. But the Bible says that faith without works is dead. Matter of fact, we can illustrate it here. So Paul being committed to Christ, this is his faith, right? And because of that, it led him to love and reach people, which is work. And what happens when you have faith and works? The Bible calls this faith that is alive. Anybody want to be alive in here? Yeah. Come on. Not a live, alive. Let's go. I always get nervous. I'm like, help me spell over here, Holy Spirit. So, church, what I want to do today is I want to give you guys four principles on how to reach people. Four principles on how to shine the light of Jesus. So if you're taking notes, the first one is start with prayer. Start with prayer. Now, there are many things that we can, we can pray for uh, when it comes to reaching people, but I want to just narrow it down to two today. So the first one is you want to begin to pray for opportunity. You want to pray for opportunity. Colossians 4 verse 3 says this, pray for us too, this is Paul speaking, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. And that is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So Paul was saying, hey, pray for me to have opportunities. And this principle is so powerful because if you think about it, how did God create the world? He spoke it into existence, right? And if you notice that, he's a creator. That's who he is. So when we say, God, speak into existence an opportunity to reach people, what happens is now you're moving in the supernatural, and you're going to begin to see God move in that way. And uh, before we finish verse 5, I didn't share this with the 9 a.m., but oftentimes for me, when I pray for opportunity, uh, one of the tangible ways, like, you guys ever been there where someone will pop in your head, and you're like, oh, hey, I'm thinking of Joe, and then it, it just stays there. But then maybe like a day or a few hours later, Joe pops in your head one more time. Right? And then for me, when that happens twice, I usually reach out, I'll send a text or a call, and 99% of the time, Joe's like, man, Pastor Child, that was timely. I'm so glad that you reached out to me. Right? So you want to begin to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you in that way for that opportunity. And finish up verse 5, live wisely among those who are not believers, making the most of every 
opportunity, right? So we want to make sure that we're ready at every single given point to minister the good news. Uh, great theologian, Andy Minio, if you listen to his music, he says that you ain't got to get ready if you stay ready, right? And uh, just a picture of that analogy, you know, but before Crisia was going to give birth, the doctor's like, you guys better pack your bags because this baby is coming any time. So I want you guys to adopt that mindset, right? Any time God can drop in a person that needs a word of hope, that needs the word of God within your life. All right, opportunity. All right, the second one here, when it comes to prayer, you want to pray for discernment. You want to pray for discernment. I want to share this verse with you, Paul, again, 1 Corinthians 3, 7 to 8. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own work. So in context here, Paul was talking about um, sharing the good news to other people. And as we can deduce from this verse, there are two things that we can do at any given point in our connection. Right? We can either water or we can either plant. Right? So what is watering and planting? So watering is when you see somebody and they're saying something or in your conversation that is faith-filled, that's an opportunity to affirm that individual. Like, Joe, I affirm you in that God is definitely moving through you and he's working in your, your scenario. Right? Um, and I love just to share with you guys not being the lead pastor here. It's because I don't have to uh, invent anything new, but I get a chance to just water what Pastor Josh talks about uh, uh, in our teachings and what have you. So more often than not, if you're calling me, you're reaching out to me, I'm just going to say, hey, what, what'd you get from Sunday's message? Huh? What pastor say about that, right? Come on, we can celebrate that, guys. Water. The second one is to plant. Right? Now, this one is a fun one. You're planting a seed of faith in an individual. Right? You're planting a seed of faith in an individual. And it could be simply as this. You're going out to the grocery store. People are checking you out. And as you leave, say, hey, thank you for taking care of me. God bless you. And then you keep it going. All right? What happens there is you just planted a seed of faith in that individual. And the best part about planting and watering is we, as the workers, we don't have to worry about it growing. Right? That's God's responsibility. So I want to just encourage you guys here today, don't feel the weight of like, man, I'm, I'm trying to minister to this person or shine the light and they're not just getting it. Hey, it's, not my, it's out of my pay grade. Okay? This is job's responsibility. It's, job, it's God's job to grow that individual. But church, I also want to include a third opportunity here as well too for um, the, the watering and planting. Because here's this, right? You can't water what's not been planted and you can't plant what's not in good soil. Right? Think about that. Jesus himself couldn't even reach everybody. God himself couldn't reach all people, right? The Sadducees, the Pharisees, some of them. And when he was stood before some of the uh, people in authority, he remained silent. It's because he knew that their hearts were hardened. So the third thing that you can do is you can pray that God would soften their hearts. Or you want to pray that God soften their hearts. I think a good example of that is uh, family, right? We're oftentimes working with a spirit of familiarity, and they've known us, and oftentimes we're not the ones to be able to get them to Christ. But you can continue to pray, God, I pray that you would soften up their hearts, that you would speak to them, that you use my life as an opportunity. All right? All right, the second principle for reaching people. We're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Let your character do the heavy lifting. 
Let your character do the heavy lifting. Let's actually go to Galatians for this one. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. It says this, Paul again, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So all these things that Paul had just listed off are all character traits. And I want to present to you guys today that everything in here, your love, your patience, your peace, your joy, your gentleness, your self-control, all of this is supernatural. Think about it. The Holy Spirit produces this. So whatever the Holy Spirit produces, the Holy Spirit is supernatural. Right? So what does that tell us? That tells us that the world, the natural right now, is so status quo, the moment that you are just a little bit joyful, a little bit self-control, a little bit gentle, they're going to recognize the Spirit of God that is working within you. Right? So you want, to begin, you want to begin to let your character do the heavy lifting. And I, I shared this story with the 9 a.m., but um, if you guys didn't know, before I actually got into full-time ministry, I was a, um, a manicurist and pedicurist. And it, it didn't occur to me until we were actually in worship for the second song that uh, my job was to wash people's feet before I came into ministry. Um, but however, the last salon that I was working with, they had different departments that had like estheticians, they had hair. And uh, one day we had this amazing company come down. Uh, it was a hair company. And they wanted to showcase some, some of their products. And I'm not going to share their name because they're not sponsoring me and I'm not getting paid for it. So, <laughs> But I share with the 9 a.m. But I, I share with the 9 a.m., if you Google one of the most expensive hair products out there, you're on the right track, right? So these guys weren't playing. They, they came down, and my manager was like, hey, since you got a pocket of free time, won't you come in for this training session? I'm like, okay. So instantly, I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to shine the light. So I prayed the prayer. I'm like, God, use me. Help me shine the light. Give me this opportunity and to get into uh, the people here, right? So we came in. I sat at the front row of the presentation, and you, you guys know how it is in classrooms and stuff. No one wants to sit the front row. So it was me and like two other people. Everyone was in the back. And then the speaker was like, hey, why don't you, well, let's go around the room and tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience with hair, and how long you've been doing it. So everybody went. Everybody went. I was actually the last person to go. And I said, hi, my name is Chow. I've been doing hair for zero years. However, one of my favorite scripture passages, it says that seek wisdom above gold and rubies. And the, everyone in the room was like, who is this guy? Right? So all throughout the presentation, I was taking notes and I was leaning in. And afterwards, here, here was the breakthrough. Uh, the two corporate people came and they said, hey, I know you, you don't sell any hair products or anything like that, but we want to invite you out to our next corporate party. It says, we're going we're gonna to have catering, we're going to have a DJ, we're going to have a runway, we're going to have models. We'd love to have you be a part of it. All right? But you see, it all started with character. Right? So you let your character do the heavy lifting. Uh, fun fact, I never showed up, by the way. I got the invite. I never, I never showed up. All right, number three. You guys ready for number three? All right, number three. Have a genuine interest in others. Have a genuine interest in others. Paul puts it again, Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves, not in worth, but in service. 
Okay? And it says here, here it is, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Take an interest in others too. And I actually want to unpack how powerful this principle is. This is one of the most powerful principles that you're going to find, having an interest in other people. Let's go to the Old Testament. So if you guys are aware of the Old Testament, there's a story of a character, an individual named Joseph. Now, Joseph had a dream, and God said in the dream he's going to exalt him, right? And his brothers didn't like it. He threw, they threw him in a pit, and he got sold into slavery. And then in slavery, he, Joseph got thrown into prison. So going from bad to worse, right? And here we pick it up in a story where he actually is in prison, And this is what happens. These are his fellow inmates here. Genesis 40, verses 5 to 7. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Verse 7. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. Think about it. Joseph is in prison. He's got every right to be moping around and feeling sorry for himself, right? But here we have an instance where he actually put himself aside and he asked his fellow inmates, hey, what's going on today? Why, why are you so upset? And would you know, church, this was his ticket out of prison, right? Because what happens was he interpreted their dreams and eventually it got to Pharaoh that there was interpreter. And then Joseph stood before Pharaoh, the most powerful person in the world at that time, right? And here's the results. We don't have this verse on the screen. Genesis 41, 37, it says, this is Pharaoh speaking. Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Think about that. Because of that one interest in other people, now Joseph is ministering to the most powerful person in the world. And even further, if you want to take that a step further, right? If he didn't care or interest about other people, the Messiah may, would have not came into the world, right? Because what happened, Pharaoh elevated him up to second command, right? The famine came and he saved Israel, the entire nation of Israel, and Israel brought forth the Messiah. So the one principle, right? Come on, we can celebrate that. Have an interest in people. And you guys are lucky because I didn't share this at the 9 a.m. as well, too. Um, but I want to give you some, just some quick handles, right? So if you know me, I'm, I feel like I'm a walking Rolodex of questions, right? So if, if we're talking more, more than likely, I'm going to ask you the first question. I always have two questions that I ask people, right? What's been bringing you the most joy in this season? What's been bringing you the most joy in this season? Because probably they're something that they're interested in, right? And what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your ambitions? Where do you see yourself in the future? Right? The moment that you ask those two things, now people are more receptive to hear what you say. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. Let's go on to number four. You guys ready for number four? Yes. You know, I shared with the 9 a.m. I actually, I had seven um, in the beginning, but I actually narrowed it down to four. And the reason being was because I was reading through the book of Acts, and Paul, uh, a time where Paul was actually preaching, it says that Paul preached so long that there was this individual that was upstairs in the window, and he fell down and he died because he <laughs> fell asleep. Right? So I don't want any of you guys falling on windows over here, okay? All right, so number four. You want to begin to share your testimony and invite to church. Share your testimony and invite to church. 
Well, Pastor Chow, I feel like I am not confident in sharing my testimony, and I am not confident in talking with people. I want to prepare you guys and equip you guys, right? So I want you guys to answer these two questions for yourself. What has Jesus done within me, and what has the church done for me? What has Jesus done within me, and what has church done for me? And I want to encourage you guys to be an expert at telling this story. All right, you guys ever been to a family party before? You have that one uncle that says the same stories over and over. Right, well, he's been working on that story for years, right? So what stops us from mastering our testimony for other people? All right? And I want to encourage you with this, right? One share can make a difference for one individual. You guys know in, I think it was like John 3 or 4, where Jesus met the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And because of that one encounter, she brought the entire town to see Jesus, right? And so you never know when you master your testimony and when you invite people to church, the difference that it's going to make within your city. And, um, you know, for me, I'm, uh, obviously I'm, I'm Asian. I mentioned that quite a few times already. You're like, we get it, Pastor Chow. But growing up, Mulan was a wonderful uh, uh, movie that I, I, I always tear up when it's like, I'll make a man out of you. I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> but one of the quotes... One of the quotes in there I always stuck with me. It says, one grain of rice can tip an entire scale. All right? One grain of rice can tip an entire scale. So you never know when you master your story the difference that it's going to make within your city. And as we close out for today, uh, perhaps there are some of you in here that's like, well, Pastor Chow, I'm really not motivated to do it. Like, I understand, I get it. Like, this is God's desire for us to reach people, but I'm not motivated. Well, I want to give you guys a revelation, a breakthrough, okay? This is found in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. It says this, after all, this is Paul speaking again, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It's you, it's you. So, so what does that mean? That means, did you guys know that we reach out to people just not to reach out to people, but there is a reward attached to it. The Bible calls it the crown of rejoicing. We don't have time to dig in it to, today, but there's actually five crowns that Jesus is going to give, right? And one of the crown, the crown of rejoicing, is tied to how many people that we minister to, that we got to Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but I want my crown. I want my reward. I'll be like Thanos. I'm going to give me all those five, cr- <laughs> five crowns, right? So that's going to shake you out of this apathy, right? To have a desire, because you know that each person that you meet is an opportunity for a reward. But perhaps there are some of you in here today that is at a point where you feel like just giving up. Like, let's put aside reaching people for a moment, right? You're on the verge of just quitting up in your faith, in your marriage, in your life. I want to encourage you, not with my thoughts and opinions, but I want to encourage you with this last verse from the Lord himself. Hebrews 12, 2-3. How do we keep up our faith, Pastor Chow? I know reaching people is our next step, but I'm not quite there yet. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Hashtag, I'm a work in progress. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. He pushed past the flesh. Now he is seated in the place of honor 
besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Alright, think about that, guys. In your moment of wanting, wanting to give up, think about what Jesus had to endure to reach people, to shine the light. And as we focus on that, as we focus on the scriptures, my heart for you all today, an online family, is that we'd have that mindset of Paul. I'm going to push past my flesh, and I'm going to dig into this area of shining the light because there's someone that needs my testimony. There's someone that needs my invite to church. There's someone on the verge of self-harm. And God used me. God used me. It's your chance to be bold for Christ. Okay, so as we close out today, church, I just want to pray over you guys for just a new anointing in shining, shining the light.